Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile Podcast, episode 204, Chinese Medicine, Mindset and Manifesting Your Baby, a conversation with Michelle Orovitz, founder of Wholesome Lotus. My loves, I'm so excited to be here with you this week. Oh, man, love's in the air, man. Love is in the air. You've heard me say this before, and I'm going to say it again because it. I, I want you to get excited. You see, the experiences that I'm having a post-fertility journey, which I think in some ways is a continuation of the gifts that my fertility journey gave me, is since all of this came into my life, it seems like I've been on a crash course with meeting some of the most amazing people I have ever had the good fortune of meeting. And in my work, I get exposed to a lot of people that are out there trying to serve at the highest levels. And, you know, when you get your mindset on board, you naturally start attracting people into your life that are at a similar frequency. And, you know, for those of you that, uh, what is she talking about frequencies? Well, I'll, I'll put it another way. Birds of a feather flock together. And when you raise your vibration and when you start changing the way that you think, believe, and take action, you start looking at yourself differently, you will begin to improve. Now, this isn't, I'm not saying this from a judgmental perspective. It's just simply as an observer. As you grow, the kind of people that you are going to call into your orbit into your sphere is going to improve dramatically because you're going to start finding like-minded people who are not about bitching and complaining. They really are about possibilities. They are about taking personal responsibility and creating a higher quality result in your life and ultimately on this journey. And that is what I attribute. And good fortune, God, universe, source, bringing people like the women you've heard on this podcast, some of who are friends of mine and and women that I have met through this work, including the women that I serve as clients. And it is through all this good fortune from having been willing to take the leap and change my own mindset and start living at a different frequency myself that I had the wonderful experience of meeting Michelle Orovitz. Michelle is the founder of Wholesome Lotus, which is the premier women's health and fertility optimization center in South Florida. And I got to tell you, I mean, Michelle and I, I think, had been in each other's orbit for a little while. But man, when we sat down and had a series of conversations, I was recently on her podcast and now I'm, I have the honor of having her on mine. It was like, holy crap, we we were reunited. Like we, it was very clear that we were extremely simpatico. Which is why I'm so blessed to share this conversation with you now. Michelle is all about helping women heal themselves and finding their own inner power 
using Chinese medicine and other modalities to heal themselves, heal their fertility, heal their heart, and, and so many other things. So I really hope that you enjoy this conversation that I have with Michelle, because I honestly think that it's going to awaken something within you to be more excited about your own possibilities on this journey, to empower yourself, to heal your relationship with your body, and open up to the possibility that you are more than a fucking statistic. You are a woman on the path to her baby. So here is my conversation with the most beloved, Michelle Orovitz. Woman, we're going to dive right in because right. I just, I, I thought a lot about our, our very first conversation. And, you know, one of the things that came up for me is your story and how you got to what you do today is really a fascinating one. Because, you know, and, and I think it brings so much value to the conversation when we talk about how people get to where they are and, and how it is that, you know, they, they developed into that place because you, you know, as a Chinese medicine practitioner, I mean, you have so much interesting training and you used to be an architect. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I know that my ladies listening to this, everyone is quietly wanting to do something else. You know, and, and so I think it would be fascinating if you started us off with just sharing a little bit about how you started doing what you do. What was your journey to what you do today? So um, it's a long one. It's definitely a long one. And I'll try to make it as short and sweet as possible. Um, it actually, I always talk about my first like actual acupuncturist that I went to consistently, but there was an experience with acupuncture before that. And when I was in San Francisco, so I was in San Francisco, I was working as an architect and I remember going to the office and being like, oh, like I'm going to sit here all day in front of a computer. Like this is my life now. Like when I first moved there, I actually got a job because I'm originally from New York and my mom was in New York and wanted me to go back. But I'm like, no, I want to go to the West Coast, did a road trip. I was like, let me just go explore. And when I first moved there, I actually worked at a really nice, well-known restaurant so I was like, let me go work at a restaurant. I'll meet more people instead of sitting there in, in front of a computer all day. And I was like, I'm not ready yet to commit to that. So then I eventually worked at an architecture firm. And one of, um, actually before that, before I did that, one of the people I worked in the restaurant with said, oh, you got to go to this clinic. You got to check it out. It's a student clinic and you can get really cheap acupuncture sessions. I was like, cool. All right, let me try this out. So I remember going and I remember at the time also kind of feeling like, eh, I don't know, like, I don't really feel like working an office job. And I was with the student, the student was there with me and I had like a lot of back pain, probably from all my years as an architect going, leaning over a table. And so she was like, um, she put in like, she cupped my back and she put needles in. And I remember sitting in front of her and I was like, oh my God, she's a student. She's doing this she's learning this, what I wouldn't give to be in her situation. I just think this is so fascinating. And it was like really in my, that moment, but I'm like, that thought left me just as quick. Cause I was like, my mom would kill me because I just, <laughs> you know, like recently graduated school and I, and I had loans and she was helping me with that. I was like, my mom would kill me if I ever switched my career. I'm like, forget that dream, forget it. So that was my very first time, but it was like something viscerally, like in my cells and my bones, like knew it felt like home. I was like, that is something so cool. Like I would love to do that because it was just so different. 
the whole idea of like Chinese medicine and the smell of the herbs, you know, the whole thing seemed so different to me and also very like wise and old and I don't know, like really, really cool. There's something about it that really felt like home. So then skip, you know, many years later, working in front of a, a computer eight hours a day or more and just being miserable, like feeling like a, a bird in a cage. Literally, that's how I felt. I felt like I was wasting my day all day long, just doing something that I have no desire to do, no interest in doing. It wasn't creative like I thought it would be. At school, you get to create and have fun and stay and pull all-nighters and create cool like models, nothing like that. It's just stuff that just is not interesting whatsoever, has no meaning, zero, nothing. So um, I remember feeling just so drained from it and then eventually said, okay, you know what? I'm going to sell my car, go back to New York. I'm going to go, I'm just kind of, I'm giving you actually more of my background than I usually do. I'm giving you like a, like a little bit of a pre, what I usually tell. So then I, I sold my car, took the money, moved back to New York, like left my apartment in San Francisco, moved back to New York, cried the whole time because I just loved San Francisco and the freedom and had to go back home. And I was like, but I used that money to buy a URL ticket. So I could just basically hop from country to country in Europe. I didn't have anybody who can go with me, but I met somebody at the architecture firm who was from Switzerland and he had gone just for a little bit to work there. And, and he was only able to go with me for a week. He said, but don't worry about it. If we go for a week, I'll travel with you. You'll meet other people and you can go on with them. And I was like really scared, but I'm like, screw it. Let me just do this. So I traveled, I, I backpacked, basically I got a backpack and I traveled Europe and eventually was on my own. And then met my cousin in Europe, went to Cuba. It was like a whole thing. So I was like, basically for a couple of months, really discovering myself, really feeling like just not looking forward to going back to work. <laughs> it was like another thing. It was like another one of those. But what was weird about that whole thing was basically from the time that I had gotten my period at age 13. Um, and at the time I was traveling was 25. I was always irregular unless I went on the birth control pill. That was just the only time that I would be regular, but it was a fake period as we know now. And no doctor can give me like a solution for why that is and what could be done. And every time I said, well, this isn't really going to fix my period. They're like, you're right. It's not, you're going to have a regular period if you're on the birth control pill, but when you get off, you're going to go back to what you are now. Like, that sounds ridiculous. Like it never made sense to me at age 17, which is the first time I heard, I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. But what I did was get off and on because I just intuitively knew I shouldn't be on this all the time because it's going to mess up my, my body. And I just knew that nobody told me that. Of course they didn't. They said it was fine, you know, but then, um, so then I come home and the whole time I was away, which is part of this whole thing is that it was about three, three and a half months. I didn't get my period the whole time. And I was not on any birth control pill. I was on nothing, didn't get my period. And I came home. I was like, you know what, mom, I, there's gotta be something that I can do. This is not normal. Like I was 25. I didn't really care about fertility. Like all those things didn't really matter, but had I not done anything and I kept going, I would have probably had a very hard time. And I don't even know if I was ovulating, like I was a mess and you know, my skin, like I, my hormones were out of whack. Like, and I, my circadian rhythm which now I know actually is very much correlated to the menstrual cycle was off. 
And I used to have moments of depression and I was just like definitely an anxiety, like a lot of different things that now I look back, I'm like, oh my God, like I needed, I needed a tune up or I needed help of some kind. And she happened to hear about this guy, Dr. Lee. So I talk a lot about Dr. Lee because he was the first acupuncturist who I went to consistently. Um, The other one was just one time and it was kind of like that little taste. And I went to him every week. And actually the first time I went to him, I just went to him one day. I wasn't planning on going back because I was just trying it out. And the day I came home, I got my period and then I was looking for a job. So I got busy. And then four weeks later, I got my period again before going back to him. I was like, oh my God, I got to start going to him. This is crazy. Like it was crazy for me. Nothing like that's ever happened. So I was like, this is crazy. And so started to go to him more consistently And I started feeling just better in general, like things that used to irritate me were not so irritating. I I could get over it quickly. I felt like my sleep was better. I just felt like better overall, like my skin got better. I'm like, this is amazing. Like it's helping me in so many ways. (laughs) Like this is incredible. So I remember meeting a friend of mine. She was also in between work. And I said, you know, I would love like my dream is to go back to school and, and study acupuncture. She goes, oh my God, that is like, so you. And I told my mom the story. She goes, no, don't listen to her. She wants to be in your position. She wants to do what you're doing. I'm like, I was like, whoa, whoa, you know, but she just really was like, you're not, uh, you're not doing that. I was like, okay, okay. You know, like, and I get it in her mind. She really didn't, she felt like I worked really hard to get where I was and I wasn't giving it a chance. You know, moms, like they have their, they, they mean well, but I knew in my heart, I'm like, no, like there's something else and I got to work with people. And so long story short, I ended up marrying my, meeting my husband actually pretty short after I felt like things started to align in my life. And I also heard about a book that changed my life. It's called the power of the subconscious mind. And that changed my life. Okay. I see your face. Do you, did you read that book? Is that like one of those life changing books for you? Yeah, What's Joseph, that? Joseph yes. Murphy, The Power of the yes. Subconscious Mind. Yes. If you saw my copy of that, you'd be like, she's obsessed. It's oh. dog-eared, marked, written in, tabbed. Wow. It's wow. life-changing, like life-changing. And when I, I remember one specific thing that he said, and I'm sure you remember this too, just because we're soul sisters of some kind. I'm <laughs> like, I've already realized. But what he said was, what, it's almost like um, a magnet when charged could pick up like, I don't know how, how many more times its weight, but if it's not charged, it won't pick up a feather. Like it's, well, obviously magnets don't pick up feathers, but meaning like Get something the analogy. as yeah. light as a feather. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. And he said, why do some people attract everything like magnets? And why do some people work so hard and they get nothing? And I'm like, that's so true. And I can even remember different times in my life where I attracted everything like a magnet. And then other times where it was like, oh my God, nothing's working out. I remember those different chapters in my life. And I'm like, wait, there's something to this. What is that though? What is it that at certain times in my life I was able to attract and other times I wasn't like, what is that? And so I kept reading. It got me like interested because you remember you were saying something about something speaking like a truth to you where you feel it? Oh yeah. You can feel when that resonance, you know, truth Mm -hmm. when you hear it because you can feel it. Totally. Yeah, totally. So that was, um, that was just like one of those things where I felt like this is a path that I want to go on. And, and then 
shortly after reading that book, I wrote down a whole list about my husband and met him. And I can't find that paper to save my life. <laughs> you don't that need it anymore, gone. It disappeared, yeah. but it was, but it would be cool to look at. But I do remember saying all these things. And one of them being that he's funny and he's hysterical. He's the funniest guy I know. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, Michelle, like that made my eyes water a little bit hearing like you describe coming to your profession in that way. I mean, of course it would make sense that the more in alignment you were with who you are and what you're truly meant to do, the more you would call in. Like, yes. like it's like when it rains, it pours, but in the best possible way. Totally. And, and you know, what it is, it's like finally choosing yourself. It takes a lot of courage, but choosing your own voice, right? Because for so long, I was like, I didn't want my mom to disapprove. And I like, love my mom. My mom's the best, you know, she like really cares about me, but like, um, and I get it. Like I just finished school. Like it's a big profession. How, what are you like doing? But you know, or my uncle or my brother, or, you know, it's just like people in my life. I felt like I was so worried about what they would think and how they would perceive my changes or, you know, there's a point in your twenties where you really, you see yourself through other people's eyes. And then, but you feel this like urge inside of you, something inside of you that's so bad. It's like the butterfly. You just really want to come out and transform. You feel it. Like it, it, it's like something that just wants to emerge from you. And I'll tell you, it's not something that is separate from your health. Like for me, it was very much connected to my reproductive health. It's like a rebirthing of myself. And at the same time, I was aligning my menstrual cycle. Like all of that is part of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just as I was saying that, it's like, or as you were saying that I was taking that in and I was like, Ooh, that's deep. It is. I mean, because it's, you know, like we were talking about before, like conceiving is about receiving, right. Mm -hmm. To be able to be receptive to the thing that's calling you and, and to be able to take that leap in the direction that doesn't make any sense, right? Because to the outside yeah, world, it's what risky you, as hell. <laughs> oh yeah. And not only that, but you know, the first thing that people think they try to bring in this, this argument, which is practical, but not necessarily smart because mm -hmm. smart and practical are not synonymous. You know, the smart thing to do was work as an architect and pay off your loans and then start saving for retirement. The next thing you know, you're 75 <laughs> and freaking miserable, right? Mm -hmm. but you heard something else and took a leap. Yeah. But you know, thank God I'll tell you, like, you know, who really pushed me was my husband. So we ended up getting married. I was still doing architecture and he, um, he finished his residency. We were in New York. Um, we decided where are we going to move now? Like, let's go to Florida. My mom lived there half the year. So we have family here. So when we moved here, he's like, you don't like architecture. He goes, you don't like architecture. He's like, I, I, I've seen you try different jobs, different things. Like the only time I liked it was when I worked in the city, I manifested this because when is it possible to work in New York city and have a skylight? And it was like, I had the best possible situation. And that was right after I read the book. So I was like, I want, I want natural light. I want this. I want that. I got a, a skylight right above me, huge, beautiful place. And um, met the best people, and it was so much fun. 
but it was fun because of the people and just the circumstance. It wasn't fun because I loved architecture. It was like more the social aspect of it. And then eventually, and then 9-11 happened and I started getting anxiety and fears and then moved um, and worked in Long Island. It was a smaller place, but I didn't, again, I didn't love it. I just didn't love it. And my husband was like, you just don't love it. Like, it's not interesting to you because you should think about doing something else. Just take the leap, go study something like natural medicine. So when we moved here, I actually enrolled into Ayurvedic school. I don't know why I didn't go straight into acupuncture. Maybe it was just the Ayurvedic seemed interesting too, like, cause I was into yoga. Ayurveda, if anybody doesn't know, is um, ancient Indian medicine. It's very similar to Chinese medicine, but different, you know, a lot of herbs and they go um, into foods to balance the body. And it's all about really balancing and harmonizing for health. And it was definitely intriguing. There's something about it that was very interesting to me. And so, so I did that. And then once I had kids, I started selling art online and just raising them. I didn't really want to do uh, too much. And then once they both went to elementary school, that's when I enrolled into acupuncture school. Mm. And that's, um, so I kind of like started with different pieces and then now I kind of combine everything. I love that. And I love it even more that your allopathic medicine husband, you know, (laughs) your physician husband is like, go do something crazy, go do some, you know, I love that. And I I love it for multiple reasons. One that he's so open-minded Two that, you know, he was really, he really had your back and, and loved and still does loved you enough. Yeah. (laughs) To encourage you to do something that was a little wild. Yeah. So talk to us about, cause you have a master's in oriental medicine and, and it would be interesting to hear from your perspective. You know, what do you think that aside from, you know, sharing with us about how your period started to get regulated when you were working with Dr. Lee, I would love it if you would share a little bit with us about, you know, tell us why Chinese medicine is a really powerful tool in your arsenal when you're looking at improving your fertility, or if you're already struggling with fertility, why you might want to consider it to help you resolve the issues that may be going on. So for so many reasons and so many reasons that I love it, because um, if you look at medicine and you look at things that come in and out, like things will come out and they're great for a couple of years. And then they find out they have some kind of side effect and something else comes out and it just keeps getting, it goes out of style eventually and something else comes up. What happens with Chinese medicine is if you look throughout history, it doesn't go out of style. And the reason is, is because it's based on the laws of nature. It's based on nature, it's based on elements, and it's based on promoting what the body already knows to do, which is to heal itself. So it's nothing new under the sun in a sense. You know, it's the the body knows how to heal itself. The problem happens is when we constantly give it assaults. We don't listen to it, right? We eat when we're not hungry, or we don't eat when we are hungry, or we stay up past you know, the time that we should stay up and retired. And we just, we have learned and been conditioned to not listen to our body and really modern day time, not only conditions us to do that, but it also rewards us and we get rewards, right. For working overtime. We all know, you know, I know, you know, and same with me, you know, being in corporate world, like 
you're actually cool if you stay at two o'clock at night, you know, getting projects done. And, and I've been there. I've done that. Like it's, it's really insane, but you learn that that's okay. And so what happens is once you start ignoring just the same thing with thirst, if you ignore your thirst enough, you stop feeling the thirst response. You start to get desensitized. So when that happens over time, chronically, we're really making it hard for the body to do its job. So what we do in Chinese medicine is learn what pattern or tendency does the person have. And when we figure that out, we can address it with acupuncture, with herbs, and also lifestyle uh, suggestions. And also I love mindset. I, I add that in as well. And it also helps to understand because a lot of our emotions are very much tied to certain patterns that we have. So we'll see it with emotions. And similarly, when we have certain physical conditions, it's going to, it's going to affect our emotions. Just like when we're hangry, you know, it's our, it's because our body needs something that it's not getting a lot of times anxiety. I mean, there's many different reasons you can have it, but one of the big reasons is blood deficiency. You don't have enough blood nourishing the heart. The heart houses the mind So we're all this intricate, like balance uh, and connections that are a whole, like a whole, we're parts of a whole, you know, or our body has parts of a whole. So it all like fits in like a puzzle. And if something's a little out of whack, that's when we try to balance it. So really in Chinese medicine, it's not like I'm healing the person. It's that their body is healing itself. I'm just creating a situation or an environment for the body to come back into itself. I love that. I love that because at the heart of what you're talking about is people empowering themselves. Yep. Yes. Oh, and I love that because I have to be honest, like it, it's funny that we, we have a lot in common, but I also <laughs> remember the first time I went to acupuncture was in San Francisco. And I remember going to this clinic and it was like, I was entering a completely different world. Yeah. Um, the sounds, the smells, and I didn't know what to expect. I just knew that something was wrong with me. And I had heard through the grapevine that this person was going to fix me. You know, again, that was, you know, I wasn't there yet understanding that I was going to empower myself. Mm -hmm. But I remember to your point about the emotions, I remember bursting into tears mm -hmm. during Why my you had first, the acupuncture. Yes. Yep. Like just bursting into like, I was, I was just waiing for the assistant to leave the room and like, you know, like I just, I was just like, I have to hold it together long enough for her to leave the room. And then I just started crying hysterically. It was insane. Very it common. Was like, yeah. Really? Okay. So tell us about that because I oh, was yeah. like, wow. Oh, I, I say to people like, they're like, I'm sorry, I'm crying. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm actually really happy. Not that I want you to cry, but like, this is good. This is good because your body's releasing. Like it needs to release. Emotions aren't meant to be kept inside. Like you, if they're there, they need to get released. And that's part of the healing process. You're basically unblocking. Yeah. You know, it's a purge. You know, we have bowel purge. We have pee purge. We have emotional purge. We, we need to purge it out. Yeah, no. And it blew me away. Like I was all apologetic. Like all of a sudden I lost control of myself, you know, but it was such a powerful thing. And I remember this acupuncturist that I went to was also the person that first introduced me to the power of mind. 
mm-hmm. because she was like, if, if I said something and I wasn't even catching what I was saying, I would say something kind of negative. And she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and would like stop and like, you know, would talk to me about like speaking my dream to life and all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put the needles in. I got to go. I got to be in court at three 30. You know, <laughs> it was funny. that interesting kind of shift. And so when someone comes to you, so let's walk people through this because some, I know some of the women listening, uh, you know, are, you know, avid, uh, into Chinese medicine, but let's say somebody is like I was completely like, I just heard about this stuff. Uh, You know, it's supposed to help me. Like, what are some of the things that you consider when somebody comes to you, like for the first time, what are some of the the things that you're looking at? So I give a really thorough questionnaire and uh, sometimes people go through all of it. Sometimes they'll just give me a couple of things and then I extract it when we talk. But basically, I ask everything from your bowel movements to what it looks like to how you sleep. Um, are you thirsty? Do you sweat at night? What are your emotions? What kind of emotions do you revert to? You know, some people get more anxious, some people more irritable, some people more stressed. What are the tendencies that you have? Because all of those things let me know your patterns, your skin. Do you get hot? Do you get cold? Do you crave cold? Do you crave sweets? You know, like what? So it, all of those questions really help to put the pieces of the picture together. Like it really gives you an idea of what the tendencies are. And based on that, you can really understand like the type of pattern. Every organ has an emotion. You know, there's a tendency that you'll see. Then we look at the tongue. We, we feel the pulse. Um, those are some of the things too. Some people, um, you know, everybody practices a little different. Some people go as, as deep as looking at the nails and no, you can really get into the detail of mm-hmm. learning a lot about people. For me, a lot of it is just listening and just hearing what goes on in their minds, how they feel throughout the day, what stresses them out. Um, a lot of times I tend to be on the more emotional, like I, I'm receptive on that because I really do feel like emotions make such a difference mm-hmm. on your body and your reproductive health. And um, just actually to mention before, when I was originally talking about it, I was talking about just overall health, but reproductive health is a reflection of your overall health. It really like overall health is first and foremost. And then it's interesting because I have one person who has a lot of back pain and I'm like, I want to work on the back. And I know that the reproductive health can be from the back. She's like, no, no, no. She goes, I know my back hurts, but I want to do my front because it's fertility. And I'm like, Okay. So if you have like something in the hose, right. You want to, you want to, you know, fix the water, not coming out of the front part of the hose, but you have a rock in the back of the hose. So, um, you're going to have to get rid of that back so that it can come to the front. You know, it's all part of the same thing. We have a whole functioning system. We're not pieces. We're whole system. Oh, I love that you said (laughs) that because, you know, it's tragic the way that we have been conditioned to look at our bodies and frankly, ourselves as just these sort of pieces that are randomly slapped together and we don't see the magic of the whole, right? Like when I was first struggling with my own fertility, I just figured I was going to go to a fertility specialist and they were just going to fix me. They were going to fix my ovaries and uterus or whatever the heck was wrong. And, and just sort of piecemeal that, that I didn't have to look at anything else. 
which is so, I say this with love, ignorant uh, to, to reality. And it sounds to me like from your perspective, that Chinese medicine is about the whole thing, really yeah. looking at the whole thing from a place of ancient wisdom. Yeah, absolutely. And if you if you want to look at one symbol that describes like the really everything is the yin and the yang. And that is the whole. It's the two opposites working together and that is what creates life. If you think about it. I mean, it's really like looking at the most basic of the essence of everything is the yin and the yang. We need the sun, we need the moon, we need all of that together in order to create life. Now, let's talk about so let's say that somebody comes to you and it, it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I it's not my, my lane, but it seems to me that when you're working with Chinese medicine, it's about staying consistent. It's really about, I mean, it's not necessarily a one and done thing, you know, maybe in mm -hmm. certain circumstances, but it's really about good health maintenance and really allowing for a healing because healing is a process. Correct. Absolutely. It's like exercising or if you're going to eat really healthy for one day, is it really going to make a difference? You got to keep at it. And what we do is it's not just obviously that the acupuncture could be like twice a week, maybe once a week, but many times if they're not doing uh, fertility treatments, because I don't mix herbs with fertility treatments because mm -hmm. of the medicine, mm -hmm. um, they could do herbs, but then also I incorporate supplements a lot of other things and then lifestyle tips and tools, things that they can do in between the time. Really, it's an overhaul. It's like, a, it's like looking at your life, seeing what's working, what's not working. And I love to partner up with my patients. I don't like to just kind of them be the audience and me just kind of telling them what to do. And this is what it is. I want them to be part of it because that's how change happens is when you really adopt it from within and that's ultimately we need to be empowered because otherwise it's just going to keep coming back. We're not going to like get better. Right. And I love that because I think it's also a more mature way of looking at healing, you know, a, a more complete way of looking at it. Cause you know, I hear sometimes from people who are like, Oh, I tried that acupuncture for two weeks and I'm not pregnant, <laughs> you know? And it's like, huh? You know, I mean, it, it, when you think of the decades that you have abused your body, you know, mm -hmm. in many different ways that you have to give it time and you have to, you know, as you were saying, the very beginning is that mm -hmm. the body has this natural ability to heal. And this is one modality for really helping it do exactly that. Yeah. It's the Amazon effect. We've been conditioned to having things right at our fingertips when we want it, but Nature does not operate that way. Nature has its own timeline. Right. And so, and I bet through your ex expertise, you have probably seen, just as I have, women who have otherwise been written off, right? And said, oh, yes. you know, you don't have time, you know, you that that train has left the station. I think that what you were just saying about, you know, this Amazon effect, we get into this idea that, you know, oh, it's everything's lost for you in your forties. And it's just not true. It's I would not. love it if it's you would share some, not. yeah, I would love it if you would share <laughs> some of that goodness, because I really want to help, you know, get women out of this idea of the whole Amazon effect or that, you know, look, 
who cares if you take a year to take care of your body, you take care of your mind, all of these things. It's miraculous what can happen as a result of that. Absolutely. I mean, you're an example. Your whole story is an ex- like a, a perfect example of that. I've also just recently actually had interviewed one of my older patients, um, meaning older, like a couple of years back. The reason why I, I keep telling her story and then she was actually really happy to share the story. And she she's also a life coach. So it was great for her to be on the podcast and it was awesome. But I'm like, your story is so amazing. Like, I would love it if you can share it. And she was so happy to. And her story is crazy. Like, so she came to me right before I had to shut down for COVID. So she signed up for a program in person, came to me for a good, maybe three, maybe four weeks. I don't know, but she came twice a week, three or four weeks max. And we ended up having to start um, just talking on Zoom. And I would tell her where to press and what to do like at home. And she continued the herbs that I was you know, giving her at the office, but I can also send her like ear seeds and different things just from like um, online. And so one day she was like, you know, I'm really concerned because, oh, before that, I'm sorry, let me take you back. Before she came to see me, she was trying for over a year. She went to one doctor here who's actually been, he said similar things to quite a few people and he was wrong. So I'm just going to say that he told her that she seemed to be premenopausal, okay? And that she barely had any eggs left. So good luck trying on your own, you know, that kind of thing. And then she went to another doctor because her husband's Greek. So there was a doctor in Greece as well, who she heard about through her um, sister-in-law. He told her she barely has any eggs, same thing. And that she can't even do IVF with her own eggs. If she wanted to, she would need to do egg donor. This is what he said. Not not that that's wrong. That's a choice. That's not a wrong choice, but she just didn't feel that that would be her story. And so she came and she was like, you know what? Let me try naturally something in her. And she's kind of a badass. She's like, I don't think so. (laughs) She has two different people that are like supposed to be the best of the best telling her this. And she's like, I don't think so. She's like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm still going to try. So then she came to me. And then, so a month later, she's late on her period. She had a negative pregnancy test. And all of a sudden she hears in her mind, his voice telling her you're pre premenopausal. And so now she's kind of freaking out. It's kind of like that doubt creeps in. Like maybe I am premenopausal. Like I've never been late on my period before and I'm negative. I tested my pregnancy like twice and she was like freaking out. And I was like, listen, before I start giving you like points to press, cause I could definitely stimulate a period. I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to do that. Let's just wait. Let's just wait. Cause we have all the time in the world. We're in quarantine, like <laughs> we're on zoom here. And, um, so we get on another call, same thing. She's like negative. I go, listen, I go, do you have any more tests? She goes, no, humor me. Okay. Just humor me, go to CVS, get another test. She's like, I mean, honestly, like it's been so many times negative, whatever. She goes to CVS, she's pregnant. So she ended up, yeah, she's pregnant, right? And naturally, she ends up having the baby, having a full term, not only full term, but he hung out for another week. He was, and then she had a full term pregnancy. And actually, in the pregnancy, she tells this whole story. She goes, she's in Greece, right? While she's pregnant, she goes to that doctor. 
He goes, that must have been a medical miracle. The reason why she went is she just wanted to make sure she wanted to scan to make sure everything was okay. He goes, that must have been a medical miracle. He goes, but since you're like older, you got to be careful and you've got to, you're probably going to have to get induced and watched because you're high risk. She goes, she was like, F you, like, what the hell? <laughs> she goes, I am like not dealing with this guy anymore. I cannot believe he said that. So then she ends up having the baby. She was really like strong about, like she advocated for herself, like gold. It was amazing. And so she really stood strong by like, you know, having it naturally, no induction. She ended up having the baby and she ended up, um, I think for breastfeeding for like seven or eight, nine months, something like that. Stopped breastfeeding, got her period, got pregnant again. She's two healthy babies. <laughs> I mean, her story is amazing. And this is after all that stuff. And she's not the only one I've heard. I've heard this so many times, like with my patients. And so she ended up having, I think her, by the time she had her second, she's 42. I think that's incredible. And I love that you shared that story because it's really important for women to take a step back and reclaim their own power. There are so many well-intentioned people out there that think they're doing you a favor by smearing their fear all over you, right? Yeah. And, you know, and it's, you can tell that generally speaking, they're trying to come from a good place because they, hey, they want you to be happy. They want you to have a baby, but what they see is only part of it. It's Mm -hmm. only part of the picture because clearly mama had a vote in all this because your your client, your patient, you know, Mm -hmm. was like, "Mm -mm, that's not for me. I'm going to go do something else. And it's such a powerful example of what's possible when you take back that license and agency. Yeah. And I remember you saying something really important when you were saying that it prepares you for motherhood. If you can't advocate for yourself, you know how many things I had to advocate for my own kids, you know, that were being pushed by doctors. I was like, no. And you have to be, you know, that it starts with your own self-advocacy. It starts there. And then you learn how to advocate and you need to learn. That's like a skill that you'll have forever. Yeah. And I love that because, you know, what we both do respectively is such a powerful synergy of mind and body. And, and I think that when we think about the role of the mind, because you and I also have that in common, is it's, it's kind of everything. It's everything. It's like, it's everything. Because like we talked about this, I have people checking off all the lists, you know, doing everything, eating right, doing this, doing that, um, sleeping right. Like they get so stressed out from that, that it almost is better for them to eat a cake and, and, you know, like not it's better and be happy, you know, and, and to feel good because it's just, um, that stress is not, and that feeling of rigidity is not healthy for that. It's really, it's stressing them out. So if you can't get the mind part, I just feel like it doesn't, nothing makes a difference. Yeah. I mean, I always tell women, it's like, you can be doing all those things, but they're nothing without you. Yeah. They're just, they just aren't. So what are some from a Chinese medicine perspective, like if a woman's getting started and wants to go down the path of incorporating 
Chinese medicine into her health and wanting to to go that route. What are some of the things that she can expect? I, we heard about the part where you're going to go through you know, a, a questionnaire, you're going to be wanting to know all those other things. What are some things like from a regimen perspective, like when you're working with patients, what are some of the things that you typically uh, would encourage them to explore as they start to improve their health with Chinese medicine? So I'm a little different though. <laughs> I oh, mean, that's good. So am yeah, I. Yeah. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of have my <laughs> own like kind of thing, but um, one of the things that you'll find typically from a lot of people is eating warm foods, keeping your feet warm. You know, we talked about that, yeah. like keeping your feet covered, those kind of things. Um, I like, I tell people get early morning sun, anchor your circadian rhythm in the morning. It's safer. It's, you know, less UV rays and it's actually, it induces melatonin in the cells, which acts as an antioxidant. And that helps with eggs. You know, a lot of people say to take melatonin at night that helps with eggs, but it's a little different. It goes into your bloodstream. If you get cellular melatonin, which comes from the infrared light, the heat from the sun, that is actually by far the best thing that you can do. And I would even encourage, I mean, if it's early morning and you know your skin's not too sensitive and it's not too, too hot, you know, in Florida, I would say earlier, you know, depending on how hot it is, but if it's early morning, like eight o'clock or so, you can even give your abdomen a little sun time because early morning, you're not going to get burnt. You know, it's not like, um, it's not dangerous. It's not, it's, it's a safer time and getting that it's the most young energy and young is also, it, it, it activates. So you're getting that like cellular. It's amazing. Yeah. I so love- that, that's one of the things I say, always put your feet on the earth <laughs> as in a grounding there's science behind that. You can watch the earthing movie. I always tell people I to did. do that. It's amazing. Right? <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did, Roseanne. <laughs> we're like, they, they were why am I not shocked? <laughs> we like share a brain or something. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. But you know, I love that you're sharing that, that way to get the melatonin production going through an extremely simple practice of so getting simple. some sun in the morning. Yeah. I mean, how like... What a beautiful ritual to create it is. for yourself. Yeah. And, and if, if you can, if you are able to go outside, just even doing some breath work while you're out there, like I'm like, put your feet on the earth, stand on the grass, look at the sun or not directly in the sun, but like get, get some sun and do some breath work. It's like perfect. All three in one. And that, and then you're getting that oxygen in your body after that, maybe journal, meditate, you know, start, if you could start your day like that every day you're going to feel so different on every level. You're going to have so much more clarity on your fertility journey, which is so necessary to make decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I went off to another place when you were describing (laughs) that because I, you know, grounding people laugh at that, you know, you know, why would I take my shoes and socks off and walk in the ground? Because there's science behind it. Real science. Yeah. There's a, there's that, you saw that in the movie, the thermography where yeah. they show like crazy amount of inflammation drop like insanely just from a grounding mat. So like if people are in cold weather, you can actually buy a grounding mat from Amazon and it works the same because it goes into the grounding wire, which if they use it for electronics, of course it works. <laughs> yeah. Well, but then also what do we know about so many of the challenges with fertility come from inflammation? This is Correct. a fact. 
Yep. And so if you could do a simple thing, take off your shoes and socks, go walk on the grass, walk on the beach or whatever it is to go ground yourself. That's right. And, and get a little bit of sunshine on your abdomen, you know, or yep. anywhere else, you know, early in the morning, that gentle, I mean, just the way you said that was poetic. Gentle. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it, it's just nice. Um, yeah. I think those are two extremely practical things. And I love what you shared about sleep as well, about, you know, the sunlight will help set that circadian rhythm yes. so that you are, are getting into good sleep. Absolutely. And another thing is, you know, a, a lot of people talk about intermittent fasting and they, and there are a lot of amazing things with it. However, my suggestion is don't skip breakfast, have the breakfast because when the sun comes out, it actually helps the fire, your digestive fire. It's just the natural rhythm of like, like working with the natural rhythm that you have. And when you do that, when you eat with the sun and then when the sun goes down, you stop eating. So like certain times you can stop at five or six. That's when you fast. You fast before you go to sleep and then your body can focus on repair and it doesn't have to be bogged down by digestion. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I love your approach in general because there's a softness about this. It, there's certainty, which I love, and there's there's a, a deep knowing, but there's also a softness about this. I love that approach that you you partner with your patients. It's not a tyranny, you know. Yeah. It's really kind of uh, you know, it, it's, yeah, exactly. It's this dance that you do, and you know, it, it's funny because I mean, the women listening, they're gonna they're gonna get this simpatico, but we happen to both be huge practitioners of meditation. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people tell themselves, oh, I don't have time for that. Or I don't have, who does that? And, or they get this wild notion that they have to levitate around their house for an hour in order for it to count as, as meditation. But I think it's such a powerful tool. What do you think? Oh, big time. And you know, we were talking about jo jo Joey D. Yeah, <laughs> we love Joey D. <laughs> Joe Dispenza. So, um, so much of what he says about the quantum field and getting into that state—it really—and that—that's a state of of peace. It's a state of flow. I've always considered it flow, and that's what a lot of times with Chinese medicine, it, it all comes down to flow. When you have that flow, physically or mentally that's when you're able to, the, the energy is supposed to move. It can move where it needs to move in order to heal. So when you get into that state of awareness where you're just paying attention and being present and almost like in an emptiness, like a certain type of space in within your mind, and which is what meditation does ultimately, any kind of meditation, it's about really bringing you to the present moment. And in this present moment is where you can have that flow. Yeah. Um, artists can achieve that flow. It's that flow that like really, really pointed focus of presence. And when you're in that state, that's when regulation can happen like mentally. And, and Joe Dispenza really measures it. He sees it as, as a coherence that mm. happens in the mind and things mm -hmm. start to flow together. They work together. The hemispheres of the brain start to work together and flow and that's where all of us have been in states of flow when we're on vacation, or we actually allow ourselves or give ourselves permission to get into a state, but we don't need to wait for something to give us that permission mm. to, we could do that anytime. It's just 
right there. Right. It just comes down to a choice. It's a yeah. choice and a decision really, yes. I think. And wow. And I, I love what you've shared here. And so I really want to encourage women to check out your work. So, so I would love it if you would share, you know, how can women who, who want to explore Chinese medicine to support their fertility, how do they get in contact with you? How do they begin to work with you? All that good stuff. So I do have an in-person, but I also do online consultations as well. And I have some courses and um, that really do help women do a lot of, uh, implement a lot of the Chinese medicine from afar. And the easiest way is really michelleorvitz.com. That's my website. I also have a free book, ebook about my top 10 fertility boosting tips. Um, the ones that I'm like, you could do it right away. It's very simple and it's powerful. And um, I also have a podcast, which you are on, which is going <laughs> to, you're going to come out like in about a month or so, but I don't know when this is coming out. So you might already be out and it's called the Wholesome Fertility Podcast. And yeah, I mean, I love, I love all things fertility. It's just yeah. the best. <laughs> and that's great. And I, I love the, the overall message of empowerment, giving women choices, giving women options empowering them to do things right here and right now. And it's about taking this information and, and finding a way to apply it in their own lives in a really unique way mm -hmm. and, and giving them a chance to let their bodies heal and, and find alternatives because, you know, it, it's great that allopathic medicine is out there. It's a wonderful tool for the things that it does great at. But mm -hmm. there's so many other ways of approaching the subject of fertility to give women options and empower them so they can look beyond the statistics because very rarely does the statistic include them. And Correct. so it's it's really about options. So thank you for that, Michelle. Thank you for that. And yeah, this will this will probably be coming out around the time mine comes out on yours. <laughs> yes. And I do have one last thing to say. Absolutely. Um, I do. So when I see patients, a lot of times, if I think whatever I think based on my perspective and, and my knowledge, I'll think something, but then I hear my patient express that they intuitively feel something else. I'll always stop whatever I do and pivot based on that, because I really believe strongly. And no matter how much you're trained and how much you have a feeling for whatever you're feeling, you're never going to know better than the patient knows for themselves. So I highly encourage everybody listening to always tune in with that inner gut feeling because a lot of times it's, it knows more than anybody else can know for you because you are the only person that's fully connected with that. Oh, I love that you said that. That's such a powerful addition because I think that what we are conditioned to do is to ignore that bit mm -hmm. and ignore that information because we figured that the expert knows better than we do. But I think the only way that we can really empower the experts and, you know, the, the specialists that we bring on to what I call our bump squad mm -hmm. is to give them this. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Is mm -hmm. give them the information and, you know, they'll do with it, whatever they want. But I think, a I think somebody like you, who's deeply intuitive and connected to their patients and really wants that you know, cooperative dance between the two mm -hmm. of you will take something like that into consideration. So ladies run out and check Michelle out. I think you'll be glad <laughs> that you did. So thank you for being with us, Michelle. 
Thank you, Roseanne, for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Oh, mama, oh, mama, oh, mama. I hope that that conversation got you fired up. Not only did you hear from two women who who massively transformed their professions and are now living their highest calling, I hope that you saw some possibility for yourself. I hope you also got pretty fucking excited about reaching out to Michelle to help your ass on this journey. She is a gem, kind, kind soul. And and someone that I'm just, ah, I, I look forward to having a very long friendship with Michelle. And man, bless you uh, if you're able to go and get support from her because she is one in a million. Now, my loves, it's one thing to be listening to all this, but it's another to be actually taking some fucking action on it. Okay, you've got to make time this week to make a decision. What are you going to do with this? I hope you're going to get up and call Michelle, send her an email, make an appointment to get some help with her. Have her support you with what's going on with your body. Now, the other part of this is mind and body work together, as you heard from that conversation. And if it's high time that you got off your cute little butt and started doing something about your mindset, join us. My Fearlessly Fertile Method programs for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months. I'm serious. If you want 2023 to be your year and you want to do absolutely everything you can to make that shit happen, join us. You can apply for an interview for my Fearlessly Fertile Method program, which has changed women's lives all over the world. Their results speak for themselves. Simply go to my website, www.frommaybetobaby.com and apply for an interview there. My methodologies help women around the world make their mom dreams come true. As I said, results speak for themselves. And if you don't have a mindset for success in this journey, babe, you got a gaping hole in your strategy. Time to fix that shit and end this DIY crap that's getting you nowhere. Let me help you become the mom you are meant to be. Till next time, change your mindset, change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.